Ladies and gentlemen, break down the gates of the museum, stuff your knapsack with precious artifacts, and return them to the peoples from whom they were plundered. Because it's time to talk tall to me. It's, a, it's an angry version this time. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back to Talk Tell to Me. I am Omen Sade. And I am Nick McGill. Together, we are Feckless Moms. And this is Talk Tell to Me. A rescue mission into the Tulkives of the Museum of Prog Rock. From the grungy jazz basement of This Was to the lofty observatory of Stormwatch, Nick and I will sort through every last shelf and drawer bringing you treasures from the past. We have our dust masks on and our white cloth gloves. We are ready to conserve and preserve and share our knowledge with you, dear Tall Skulls. I've got a bullwhip. <laughs> not, not sure how that's going to come into play, but I mean, it's, it's good to be safe. It's just for a party I'm going to later. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just we'll put that off to the side. So, Nick... Here we oh, are, man. another week, another taste of Jethro Tull. That's right. We are on track number two off of the seventh album, War Child. I can't believe we're on album number seven. I know. Especially because we inserted Living in the Past in there. So technically, this is our eighth album that we've we've covered. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But because we are still fresh into War Child itself, we've got a little more kind of background information for you. Just a couple little, little snippets, little tidbits here. Yes. So War Child itself, as we've said, has kind of disparate pieces that have been pulled together. The bulk of the recordings were done at Morgan Studios, which we've seen them, them use in the past. That's I in believe London. they did a passion play. Yeah. That was between late 73 and early 74, with the exception of apparently the two tracks that survived the Chateau disaster in the Chateau d'Orville. It hurts every time. You're, you're, getting, were, you're very brave, Nick, for tackling yeah. that pronunciation. I really respect that. Skating Away and Solitaire are apparently the only two that survived the actual recordings and didn't warrant a re-record based off of what they had created in, in that time in 72 when they were in France. That's very interesting. Now, War Child, the album, went gold in the U.S., where it peaked at number two on the Billboard charts, the pop albums charts. On the other hand, this is where we start to see Tull's decline in the U.K., actually. Yeah. yeah. Sales decreased there. It only hit number 14. However, in Norway, it reached eight, and Den Denmark, it reached nine, so... I mean, you average it out, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I mean, number one in Norway was, was just the, the recording of a polar bear grunting. <laughs> so It was a very interesting grunt, though. I mean, if oh, you haven't heard it. a special polar bear. Yeah. Yeah. Is the, the national polar bear of Norway. Yes. You know, they call them ice bears there, which I, th I think is just the most metal thing I've ever heard. Is that true? Do you actually? That's a real thing. That's a real, oh, okay. a real fact. That's right. The first and only real fact you'll hear today. <laughs> get get it while it's hot. 
And and finally, we we talked about the fact that this album was meant to was originally started out as a soundtrack for a movie, the War Child movie. That's right. So I, I found a little bit of info on the movie itself. It was written as a metaphysical black comedy concerning a teenage girl in the afterlife, meeting characters based on God, St. Peter, and Lucifer portrayed as shrewd businessmen. Really? Sounds an awful lot like a passion it play to sure me. It sure does. So uh, notable British actor Leonard Rossiter was to have been featured. Margot Fontaine was to have choreographed, while Monty Python veteran John Cleese was penciled in as a quote-unquote humor consultant. Oh my gosh, why why have we been deprived of this movie, Nick? <laughs> it's um, because we are in the alternate universe that split off where the, the original universe, it got made, and we got stuck with the alternate, unfortunately. Really, it's really sad, and I, I couldn't think of a better humor consultant than than John Cleese. I consult with him all the time when I need humor. I know, I know. <laughs> so, Nick, speaking of Morgan Studios, sure, yeah, it, it was a, a really productive space. Just, um, just a, a little selection of some other artists who recorded there. Mm, yes, yeah, yeah. The Cure, okay. The Cars, okay. Smack. I'm unfamiliar with Smack. Peter Gabriel. I have heard of him. Why did you laugh at Peter Gabriel? I was laughing because you said you were unfamiliar with oh. <laughs> Smack. Judas Priest. Okay. Black Sabbath. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, so it is. It is a pretty Alice prominent. Cooper, yeah. The okay. Chieftains. Rod Stewart. Cat Stevens. All in that time period. All contemporaries. Pink Floyd. Okay, heard of them. Donovan. Have actually heard of Donovan. The Kinks, Paul McCartney, Supertramp, Led Zeppelin, and a little band called Bloodwing Pig. Ah, nice. The 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 closest connection that we can get back to original guitarist Mick Abrahams. That's right. Or Mick Abrams. I forget which is the right way to say it. Both I think it's are, Abrams. Both are wrong. Both are <laughs> I don't have the vocal hardware to pronounce his name correctly. You need an extra tongue. That's right. It's a little known fact about Mick. He's the only one who could pronounce his last name properly. Because he was born with two tongues. Oddly enough. Yeah. So, good times. Good good times, indeed. So, uh, that's that's it for, for more background that I have for... For War Child, you want to you want to dive into this week's track? I think that we should. And so here we are with track number two off of War Child, Queen and Country. Let's have a listen. Hey! Admiral Nick. Yes, yes, Captain Fleshy Boy Omen the Third. This Fleshy that, Omen the Third. <laughs> that oh, I'm ever so fleshy these days, Nick. <laughs> that is a song right there. That is a song. First impressions. Let's just do a free word association back and forth. You say a word, I'll say a word, you say a word, and they'll all relate to this song. Ready? Go. Scathing. Accordion. Oh. Saxophone. 
squeaking air. <laughs> you 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 brought yourself into this. I was going to say sex a bone, but mm. no, this this one is not about sex. Okay. I mean, we could we could stop there. It, 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 I think I think that was a great exercise, Nick. <laughs> I feel I feel I'm all the closer to you for it. <laughs> I, wow, this is you know this is a short a short track. It's a, I, I, it's a know, quick one, yeah. I've gotten so used to doing those massive 14 minute chunks off of the concept albums yeah. that I'm sort of like, oh, that was it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Oh wait, it's going to go silent, and then we're going to listen to the whole thing again backwards. Y- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, well, Jeffrey Hammond Hammond screams. <laughs> Screams in German. Yeah. yeah. But before we get into too much, why don't we dig into the term itself? Ah, yes. For queen and country, or alternately for king and country. For insert monarch here and country. For monarch and country. So, yeah. So this is a a, a pretty commonly tossed around phrase. I think I've heard it a lot in the James Bond films. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was I think it it once held a a very I think I think it was once very weighty, but I think it's more tongue in cheek now current current generations. Right. So originally it was a phrase denoting the preparedness of a member of the military to die in the line of duty that they were going right. to sacrifice their life for queen and country. Yeah. For their- what what greater sacrifice could you make? Who else would you die for that is is more worthy than queen and country? Right. 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 Well, you could die for queen the band. Right. That's true. And country music in general. I would not die for that. No. Maybe. I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd die for queen either, to be honest. Uh- a, a, a queen to die for exactly so so that's the con- that's the origin context of this of this mm-hmm. phrase you know not not anything terribly opaque right but of course in the land of Jethro Tull nothing is what it seems right this is this is our classic Ian commentary song yeah that that having having gone through two two really bulky concept albums it's i didn't realize i missed it <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad to i'm glad to see one of these because i i yeah. he's he's very good at these he's very good at as the kids say throwing shade casting shade that's not that's what a tree does oh or or a warlock yeah i mean he could be a warlock <laughs> let's talk let's have a brief musical discussion here nick Yes. Okay. This is one of the first tracks that I'm aware of to heavily feature the accordion. Mm-hmm. This is this is John Evans stepping out with his squeeze box, and I think it stops about halfway through, or maybe it doesn't. Maybe, but it, it kind of gets it kind of gets buried a little bit it, when, yeah. as the the track itself gets heavier. But it's great. He's so good at it, and it lends such an incredible kind of carnivalesque feel to the top of the song. Mm, you have like the, yeah, the accordion and the and the flute. Mm-hmm. And it just it just brings this it just brings this like weird kind of circusy element to it right. at the very top, which I just find so exciting and fun, which will get 
tied in later as well, the circus feeling. It'll come back in later in the album. Certainly, for as we get to, to things like Sea Lion. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so excited about Sea Lion. Just every song, every time I think about any of the songs on here, I'm, I'm excited. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so we have that, and then, you know, we start... It's, then it's the classic, it's the classic layer cake, the mm-hmm. classic Jethro Tull layer cake, uh, a trifle perhaps, if, if, you, yeah. if you are familiar with such desserts. We build up the layers with D's impeccably arranged strings. Oh my God, Let so good. Let me prepare for you to gush about those, Nick. I'm, I'm ready. They build schools and they build factories with the spoils of battles won. I mean, they, they, it's, it's a lot. I, I find that a lot of the songs that involve the strings, they, they generally come in about halfway through or a little bit later in the song, therefore making the, their introduction much more powerful. Mm. And, and it's just, it's again, I mean, just go back to last week and listen. They're sweeping. They're beautiful. They're 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 very potent. In this case, these potent strings kind of transform the song or elevate the song from a from a kind of a backlot circus feel to a more epic, institutionally supported kind of terroir. And I think in in this song, can I say terroir on this podcast? I. I mean, you you can. I would I would okay. recommend that you don't. Ter- terroir, isn't it? You you speak terroir. French. You don't hit that the R on the end, do you? It's terroir. Terroir. Yeah. Kind you of. Hit it, you hit it, but subtly, okay. subtly. But I don't I don't think it's necessary <laughs> to pronounce to pronounce French words in English with a ridiculous with a ridiculous French accent. It's like saying mozzarella when you uh, you get mozzarella on something. Yeah. Yeah. I think in this song the strings do a really good job of kind of gi- giving me the feeling the imagery of the aristocratic society that Ian is singing Ooh. about too. Yeah. So it's 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 yes. that that lay person on the ship playing the squeeze box and singing sea shanties who's doing all the work for these aristocrats where all the all the, the gold and the plunder is, is going. With their powdered wigs and their snuff boxes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, Nick. Well observed. It, yeah, there's sort of a there's sort of an upstairs downstairs feel to yeah. this to this song. A little a little you can feel yourself ascending through the various decks of the Titanic, as it were. Sure, right. Right, you, you you see both sides of things. Yeah. But instrumentally, the whole thing. I mean, if you have if you have good enough headphones, and for for Tull, you should be listening on really good solid headphones. You can hear a, a Jeffrey's bass in the background, and it's he's got some good bass going on here. It's re- it's got a, l- a little funk to it. It's it's a good a good through line for the whole thing, but yeah. it's it's the danger of the bass. The problem with the bass is a lot of the times it just it falls underneath everything and and just acts as as a support for things. But if you can pick it out every now and then, Jeffrey is a darn good bassist. He oh, really yes. is. Oh yes. I think that this 
version of Ian's voice, his singing yes. voice, this might be my favorite. You know, I was going to say s- the same thing. This is so engaged for him. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are moments when I worry a little bit, like it feels like he's stra- like he's straining, especially after the key change when he goes into the, for mm. queen and yeah. country. For queen and the country. It feels like he's shouting a little bit, but but it feels... As I listen to it more, I realize like it feels on the edge where it's like it sounds strained, but actually I think it's under control. Yeah. And and it, it feels like there is that much more emotion behind it. Like exactly. this is a this is a genuine song. Yeah. You know, veneered, of course, with his with his tongue in cheek, his his so many tongues in so many cheeks and the kind <laughs> well, of sarc- the sarcasm of it. If you're Mick, it's. Two and two. Blood, blood, wind, tongue. Blood, wind, tongue. But no, you're right. It, it, you, it, it gives the impression of real emotion coming through there. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like, I like the sound, and uh, and it carries carries through in the whole album. This sound, it's a very genuine sound for this album, and yeah. not not that anything else has has been ingenuine per se, but it's uh, it just feels raw here. It does. You, you know, Ian is is the kind of musician that that is blessed with a huge amount of talent and skill. And mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like that that art, you know, that artifice of of skill can get in the way or can can be forward, can be a forward taste that dominates the the emotion. You know, and that's right. why I think we love you and I love those songs that are just the acoustic, you know, off of off of Aqualung, for instance, yeah. of, of just the acoustic and his and his voice. That it's th- there is no filter. Yeah. There's no filter, right. And this but this is sort of a cool, unique kind of use of his skill set where it is you feel that emotion kind of busting through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a new it's a new it's a new sound for for the the work of Jethro Tull, so it's exciting to to see to see where it, it's coming from, to look back and see where how it, it's kind of evolved, and see where where it's going, where he's he's gonna gonna tweak things and, and keep that natural voice, but maybe the instrumentation instrumentation changes, or yeah. or even just the the content of the song, but he he still for a long time he's gonna keep this this kind of raw real sound to his voice and 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 we are so lucky that we get to listen to it and so lucky that we get to talk tall to you about it yeah now let's let's talk about the theme let's talk about the lyrics sure i i just one last note Mm. this is the this is the second song on this on on the album and both both songs have ended with repetition of the the general chorus and a fade out and i i'm hard pressed to think of fate any fade outs that we've seen leading up until this point i think there have been some of them but certainly the last two albums haven't had them because there have been no song ends right it's i just think it's on the rarer side so they're they're the the use of it is notable. i don't know I, i yeah i mean is it notable or is it that that it's it's become more common, so there he started using this, or is it because these 
these ideas and these songs don't end, so we have to fade them out. I'm going to spit a quick theory at you. I would love it. <laughs> Ugh. They, uh, they recorded this song, uh, this album, in like two weeks. And one of the things that takes time with crafting music is figuring out like the details. Yeah. And because they're in this, you know, you can hear from the rhythm, the complex rhythm of this song and the string arrangements, how compositional Tall is at this point. Mm, yeah. I wonder if it would have taken more time than they had to find the quote unquote right way to end the song from a compositional standpoint. And so they were like, you know what, just fade it out. Yeah, to find closure. Yeah. Right. But it's, po I, it's possible. But I do think that it, as you pointed out, I think it works dramaturgically, as it were. It works, you know, in support mm -hmm. of the theme of the song. It is sort of this unending trudge. Yeah. So Right. As, as long as the monarchy stands, so stands this trudge of queen and country. So yeah. let's let's jump into the theme since we're already since we've already got half of a half of a leg in. Yeah. Let's put the other leg in. So it's it's definitely a critique of colonialism, monarchy. Mm hmm. Yeah. 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 Boom. All right. Next week we'll be looking at. <laughs> no, I, I think that's I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's it is it is a critique of of British colonialism at a mm. time when Britain was the you know the old phrase from the Victorian period was the sun never sets on the British Empire because they had colonies literally so in so many places across the globe that literally the sun never sets like the yeah. sun was always shining on some piece of land that the British government had occupied and were gaining a lot of money from yeah and, and we should note that the colonies were were basically islands that they they sailed over to and said okay you're ours now well some of them were islands but some of them were were you know countries in inland africa some of them were oh sure right right were you know bits of argentina main uh, lots of you know uh, parts of south america and and of course you know plenty of plenty of asia as well but this oh, canada was canada too let's not forget canada yeah hello canada hi captain fleshy boy the third to <laughs> To all of our Canadian listener out there, hi. Was that your Canadian accent? Yep. Oh, good. That's why I didn't understand it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so this was a period of time, the 60s and the 70s, when Britain was, when the sun was beginning to set on the British Empire, as mm -hmm. it were. And mm -hmm. I, think that, I think that that's actually picked up in the lyrics here for Queen... With Queen and Country in the Long Dying Day. In the long dying day. Yeah. I think that's such a, a clear metaphor in this case of like, it, it's it's this long protracted decline of power of, of this empire. And just that it takes so long for the sun to actually set. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if if this is sort of written from the perspective of the... I think specifically the navy, you know. Yes, yeah, a sailor in the navy. Yeah, a sailor, a a pretty sailor boy, as the as the song says, in the navy who is signed up. Now I don't know what the term which, of which of song no... is that. What? Which song is is pretty sailor boy from? From the song. From this song. And we remain their pretty sailor boys. Hold our heads up to the gun. And we remain 
You're right. <laughs> I don't know how I missed it. I, I, I caught, I, I latched onto the second part of that. So the yeah. first part just, just breezed right by. Oh, I always catch the pretty sailor boys, Nick. <laughs> that's, they that's, yep. don't escape my attention. <laughs> Hello, sailor. So, you know, from the perspective of, of a, uh, someone on board a ship, a sailor, if you will, who has signed on to this military service. Now there's a reference to, it's been this way for five long years. Since we signed our souls away. And it's been this way five long years since we signed our souls away. Now, I don't know what the term for service in the British Navy is. I don't know if it is five years or not. I, I tried to look it up and just got tons of names of ships. And I was like, well, that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> Unhelpful. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it would certainly be if... If you had no other prospects, you go into the the armed forces. You go into the navy, and you stick in there for a long time. And maybe you you become you work your way up the ranks. But more more likely than not, I mean, there there were career grunts, and there still are. There still are sure. people who oh, spend their, their whole times, and they're and they're happy to be soldiers. They're happy to not take on that responsibility. I in no way am I. Am I saying a career grunt is is derogatory? Just as uh, just as Billy Joel says, and he's talking to Davy, who's still in the Navy and probably will be for life. And he's talking with Davy, who's still in the Navy and probably will be for life. Yeah, yeah. It's the. I mean, it's it's the same thing as as being in an office job for the rest of your life. It's just right. you're doing something you're different. On, you're you're still getting ship. paid. Yeah. Right. So, however, I think that, you know, there is this awareness in our in our in our character here in Ian Ian and Fleshy Boy the Sailor of of the role that that he's playing in the greater geopolitical context. And I think that's what like mm-hmm. that's what I find is so unique about Jethro Tull is that like if this was if this song had been written by Bon Jovi it would just be like, I swab the decks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're sailing to the China Seas. Oh, I got a six string and it's powering this ship. You know, I love Bon Jovi, but there's maybe a lack of geopolitical awareness on the same level that we have in Jethro Tull. That's I think that's the main critique that I hear about Bon Jovi. Yeah. Is uh is that. Yeah. Also that he is impervious to aging, which is pretty disturbing. <laughs> but there's this awareness that like, you know, you know, we the we the sailor boys are are sailing around the the country and and you know, getting our getting our pay and sailing for another shore. Doing the dirty work. Doing the dirty work and being yeah. and l- laughing so politely as we sail on just the same, you know, like passing up sort of the the rewards of of that kind of life. It's not like they're pirates and can just do whatever they want. Yeah. But we all laugh so politely and we sail on just the same. While what their work is allowing is for this massive accumulation of wealth for an elite group of people in a yeah. in a country far far away. 
for for the aristocrats to where is it? We bring back gold and ivory, rings of diamonds, strings of pearls. Make presents to the government so they can have their social whirl. We bring back gold and ivory, rings of diamonds, strings of pearls. Right, it's not even necessary stuff. Oh yeah, exactly. It's they're they're achieving all this so that so that the ice sculpture at this week's garden party can be more extravagant than the than the one last week. Yeah. And you know, this is all since we're on the topic of colonialism, Nick, it is the basis for the modern capitalism that that we experience on a daily sure. basis. Oh yeah. The, the the little guy doing all the hard work and the the top the top one percent raking it in. Well, and specifically, you know, when you look at the way that global capitalism functions, it's like this country goes and sets up all these, mm. you know, whether it's governmental colonies or economic colonies across the world, and then they funnel this wealth to the one country who set it up and drain the resources of those other countries. And we're seeing the effects of that all over the world now. And it's... Yeah. It's a pretty grim. Yeah. Thanks, Italy. <laughs> that, that was an Italian accent, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Mario. Thanks, Mario. So I really like... I really like how... how clever he is with the choruses in here with the setup for the chorus mm. the chorus is, is clearly queen and country in the long dying day but each time it's set up it's set up for uh, as for queen and country with queen and, queen and country of queen and country and to queen and country but the sentence leading up to that it it's so the the chorus is not just its own separate bubble it's it's a part of what we just heard that's right and it's incorporated in in a in a grammatical way mm-hmm. that again we wouldn't see with for instance Bon Jovi. Yeah. So it's but we all laugh so politely and we sail on just the same for Queen and Country. Right. Make presents to the government so they can have their social world with Queen and Country. Mm-hmm. We sail on just the same for Queen and the Country. So they can have their And we remain their pretty sailor boys, hold our heads up to the gun of queen and country. And that one is particularly scathing because it's not like it's, you know, he's not even saying we're facing all these dangers in the service of queen and country. He's saying we are facing the danger, which is queen and country. Oh, interesting. I took it a different way. I I see it as we we chose to put our heads up to the gun they're not the country's not holding their gun up to our head we put our heads there and put ourselves in danger and in risk oh totally totally okay yeah but it's just it's 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 telling that it's the gun of queen and country not the gun yeah. of you know whoever we're off yeah. here fighting right right the 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 ultimate the the ultimate and final danger is is the the queen and country putting the gun up to our head. Right. 
Speaking of which, you know, there's this there's this long tradition in probably all navies in the world, but specifically the British Navy, of conscription. Mm, mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, the way that we think about it in the modern context is, I think I'll join the Navy. And then you go down to the docks and you're like, hello, I'd like to be a sailor. And they say, <laughs> yes, sign up here and here's your cute outfit. And uh, you know, off you go. But <laughs> here are your dress short shorts and here are your... <laughs> <laughs> and here are your work short shorts. <laughs> But, you you know, for a lot of history, and I'm sure in some contexts in the modern world this happens in some ways, there was this notion of shanghaiing, they, they, they sure, called it, where yeah. you would – they needed sailors. They needed people in the military, and so they the uh, officers would go ashore and maybe buy a bunch of drinks for a group of gentlemen and get them really wasted, and then they would wake up on the ship – a half day sail away from port and they'd be like guess what you're in the navy now yeah uh you don't like it you can swim back to shore totally but uh but as long as you're on this ship you're gonna you're gonna work for your 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 portion so right yeah also this forced conscription usually affected communities that were low income or you know poverty stricken and also countries that were deemed already less than by the the central government. You know, there are all there are a bunch of Irish songs about mm. conscription and also evading conscription. And I wonder if Ian's background as a Scotsman maybe tinges this a little bit. It's possible. It's if it's especially because that was I mean, that was the the early seventies, it was certainly it was closer to home. Probably yeah. for him, you know. Yeah, I think I think it's possible, and 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 it is it is a, I think it's a really nice and potent commentary that that has all of these underlying themes and ideas in there, and it's it's actually really refreshing now that I think about it to, to to listen to and and take apart this song, which is so clear it's so clear what they and what ian intended as opposed to the last two albums where we're like oh maybe it means this and it's really cool and and (laughs) and and all of the evidence we have of ian is is that he's like oh yeah i didn't it was none of it was serious right (laughs) Right. yeah it's nice to not have to look up like the 77th canto of dante's divine yeah (laughs) like not that not that we regret that experience we loved every minute of it agreed agreed i'm so glad it's over is that on? I can stop crying again. Did I say that into the mic? Yep. No, I genuinely, I do want to say, I genuinely did enjoy those concept albums, and I'm genuinely mm-hmm. enjoying these, these tasty bite-sized songs. Yeah, a, a meal as opposed to a, a a full a full feast. Right. We don't have to visit the vomitorium at any point during these songs. We can. We can. But we don't have to. Yeah, we can for fun. We're not ruling it out. No, <laughs> I keep it clean just in case. We'll, we'll see how the day goes. <laughs> Nick, anything else that we want to say regarding Queen and Country? I I don't have anything else. I'm I'm pretty pretty jazzed with with that. I think it's it is it is one of the less veiled commentary songs that we've seen in yeah. a while. So so it's it's pretty good, and it's it's got enough of a rich story underneath that there's there's a lot going on there. I like it. 
Personal question. Sure. Do you have any family members historically who were in the military? Both of my grandfathers were. Oh, really? I didn't know. My my dad's grandfather. No, my dad's dad. Yeah. So my grandfather on my father's side was a bottom ball turret operator. So it's the 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 basically the glass ball underneath a warplane. Holy cow! That had the gun in it. Yeah. And they crashed. Oh my goodness! And his 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 pilot buddy or whatever pulled him out. He could have died. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Which there are there was are that countless. In World War II? That was World War Two. Yeah. There are countless stories about things like that. You know that are just lost to the annals of time. Sure. But that is that is the little bit that I know. The other the other piece that I know is that all of his his troops gear and stuff got stolen when they were in Italy. Ah. And and that's why my grandfather changed our last name from Melioca to to McGill because he didn't want to be Italian. He didn't wow. want to be Yeah, cuz he was also like a really big stocky burly guy. Wow. So so he didn't want to be he didn't want people to think he was in the mafia. He didn't want to be associated with the Italians. He wanted to be an Irishman. And his, he was mad cuz his stuff got stolen. Cuz his stuff got stolen, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, now what about your maternal grandfather? I I know very little about him, but I I know that he was in the war. That's that's right. literally all I know. Wow, your father was in the in the. Oh no, my the, my my dad never uh, was in the military. He was too yeah. old. I was, was going to make an old joke. Oh, I see. The ah, mm. the the, mm. uh, the Aeneid. He was he in fought, the Aeneid. He fought the Greeks. Uh, <laughs> yes. in, there we go. When the in the invasion. He was he was in that movie Three Hundred, but, but he was but, really f- fond of this woman named Helen from uh, yeah. from a place called Troy. No, but he was actually literally too old to fight in Vietnam. Mm, okay, and what was right before Vietnam? He would have been too young. Was that World War Two? Well, there was the Korean War. Oh, Korean was before Vietnam, so he was too young. He probably would have been too old for Korea too, right? Yeah, he may have been. I don't. Yeah, your your father is a mystery to me. He's, yeah, same. <laughs> but his his father was a he fought in World War One. Mm-hmm. He was wounded in the, in the Battle of the Somme. He was very short. What he really wanted to do was become a fighter pilot for the RAF. Okay, but he was too short. Hmm. And they they didn't have. They didn't have phone books that he could sit on at no, the time. No, they, so. they, they didn't. <laughs> and so he joined. Now he was in the British military. He joined yeah, I, the the Durham Light Infantry, and was wounded in the Battle of the Somme in France. Somewhere at my dad's house, there is still a little glass bottle which has a a fragment of shrapnel in it from wow. from his leg or his back. And then in World War II, he worked as a informations agent. Oh, cool. He never used the term spy. Maybe maybe he was just handing out pamphlets. <laughs> he was updating his blog. That's right. <laughs> Today at the front lines, Today. you'll never believe what happened. 
<laughs> he was an influencer, I think is what you're saying. All is fabulous on the Western Front. <laughs> Just a picture of him with like really fantastic eyelashes. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, Nick, what are we listening to next week? Next week is a another kind of war related, obviously, war child. Right. It is ladies. Ooh. Ladies of leisure. Okay. Yeah. Well, wait, I'm thinking of it. Hmm. Hmm. I'm, I'm ready, coach. Don't wait. Now, in the meantime, <laughs> don't wait till you come into port to write us a review. You can do it through radar by going to oh the God. Apple podcast site <laughs> and typing us a review in Morse code. Dot, dot, dash, 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 dot, dash, dot. Forget Queen and Country. You have an obligation to Nick and Omen to review Talk Tell to Me on Apple Podcasts. Please bring us the strings of diamonds, handfuls of pearls of a five-star rating, and we will take them to our social world of calling each other excitedly when we get a new review and rating. <laughs> That was the most most accurate and true true to life. Literally, right yeah. <laughs> Until next week, I remain Omen Said, and I'm still Nick McGill. We are still feckless moms, and believe it or not, this is still talk tall to me. <laughs>